Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer, and I react to Monday Night Raw from last night, and it ain't pretty. We get into Raw, and also, how about this? One year in with AEW Dynamite, we talked to Cody Rhodes. You definitely want to listen to this interview right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Tommy, man, it's good to have you. There's a lot to talk about. And you are singing like a little bit of a song influenced by Nickelback, you know, Photograph, mm-hmm. which is just, uh, it's almost like syrupy, like candy corn sweet music. And I like to say that Nickelback is music for people who don't like music. Oh, that's not nice. That's not nice to those Nickelbackers. And, <laughs> and I almost feel like, Monday Night Raw is wrestling for people who don't like wrestling. Because Whoa. that's not fair well, to those Rars. No, I get it. I know it comes with, you know, I got to explain. This is no knock on the talent. Obviously, there's a lot of skilled wrestlers and sports entertainers that are a part of the WWE roster. I get it that a lot of the decision making and the illogical stuff that we see on Monday nights is because of creative. All right, like, let's throw that out there now. So I'm not offending anybody, but I've been watching a lot of the G1 tournament. Before Monday Night Raw last night, I watched the Ring of Honor tournament. So I've been watching a lot of pro wrestling this past weekend. The whole indie stuff that was on Fight TV, which was absolutely amazing. I watched four complete shows. So I have definitely consumed a lot of pro wrestling, especially over the last three days. So at like 7.59, when Ring of Honor was just wrapping up, I'm like, man, wrestling. I'm like, wrestling, 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 give it to me. And then come 10.59, I'm like, kill me now, kill me now, kill me now. So I went from wrestling, 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 I love wrestling, 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 can't get enough wrestling, to kill me now, kill me now. But Dave, guess what? We have busted open with me, the substitute teacher. Because, I mean, I know it's, imagine like you're walking into class and like back when we used to go to class and then like you realize, oh, you had a test you didn't have to study for. And you're like, oh, I dread that class. Now I'm here. We can talk about wrestling. We could dissect it. We could listen to the nation. They always make us feel good. And then we have AEW Dark and we have Impact Wrestling tonight. It's a good day. Yeah, and speaking of AEW, for all the people that le- love to call me a AEW mark or for people that say I'm always chasing a hug, trying to get some love, Cody Rhodes. Cody is going to join us at 11 a.m. Eastern time to talk about the one-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite. Really looking forward to talking to Cody. Even though he doesn't like me, see what I do for the nation in this show? I'm going to put people on the air that don't like me So I can please the nation. And we're going to do that at 11 a.m. when Cody joins us to talk AEW, who has a very big match tomorrow night against Orange Cassidy. But that's later on in the show. And of course, we're talking about AEW. That's tomorrow. But as always, Tommy, on a Tuesday, we talk about what we saw last night on Monday Night Raw. And again, Tommy, this is not a knock. Ed Robinson, the boss was telling me before, and Gabby was also telling me before the show, hey, make sure that when you're critical of the WWE, don't say, I hate the WWE, the WWE, I don't like it. Because that's not true. 
I love NXT on Wednesdays, and I love SmackDown. I'll even make the case that last week, SmackDown had the best show of the week on Friday night. So this is not an anti-WWE rant, but I fucking hate Raw, okay? I mean, really, seriously, three hours seems like it's like a it's like a marathon. Sometimes I feel like I'm in the dentist chair when I'm watching Raw on a Monday night. I don't get paid to do this show. I earn my money having to watch Monday Night Raw. And I do it for you, the nation, so we can talk about it the next day. So, wait, let me just try to get this breaking news here. If you a diehard wrestling fan, as long as I've been a wrestling fan, if you did not have to do this show, you would not watch Monday Night Raw. No, I would DVR it. And if I heard that something good happened, I would go back and watch it. But I, I wrote down, I wrote down, Tommy. Okay. This is my schedule. And not a laminated list. list. It's not laminated. Wins. It's a list, but it's not a laminated list because things change. I can't make it a laminated list. All right, so Monday nights you got you got Ring of Honor. I, I mean, obviously right now the G one is going on, and Gabby and Ed know that every time I can they connect with me early in the morning, I'm watching the G one before this show, and another great day of uh, New Japan action. Jeff Cobb is a beast. We can get into that later. I tweeted about it at six thirty this morning, but like Mondays I got Ring of Honor. I watch it on the Ring of Honor app, and then comes Raw. Tuesdays, Impact Wrestling, I watch that on, on I don't have access TV anymore. I watch it on Twitch. Wednesday, you got AEW and NXT. Everybody loves AEW and NXT. It's great. Wednesday nights are awesome. You know, Friday, you got SmackDown. I watch MLW Fusion. I watch it on YouTube at 6.05 on Saturdays because it makes me feel all cozy and warm because it's on YouTube at 6.05 on a Saturday. It brings me back to my childhood. I also, on Sundays, watch Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and then I'm constantly on the fight app watching fight TV and wrestling that they have on fight. So to say I don't like wrestling or I'm down on pro wrestling is a complete lie. I watch wrestling more Tommy now than ever before in my life. And I'll be honest with you too, that if it wasn't for this show, I would be watching ring of honor on Monday nights. I'd be watching impact wrestling on Tuesday nights. I'd be watching AEW and NXT on Wednesday nights. I'd be watching SmackDown on Friday nights. I'd be watching MLW fusion and championship wrestling from Hollywood over the weekend. I would be watching all those shows anyway. But to answer your question in a very long and dramatic way, Tommy, yes, if it wasn't for Busted Open, I would not be watching Monday Night Raw because it sucks. Okay? It's illogical. It doesn't make sense. And I think there was at least a half a dozen illogical holes in some of the storylines that we watched last night on Raw. Tell me I'm wrong. Listen, tell me I'm wrong. If the nation is listening right now and they're saying, LaGreca, you're wrong, give me a call. 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT-93. I'm willing to listen to logic. And Tommy, as you know, I'm very emotional. I wear the emotions on my sleeve. I wear it on my sleeve. The heart and the emotion on my sleeve. So maybe I might feel differently Wednesday. But on come right now, Tuesday morning, Knowing that we're going to react to Raw, that's the way I feel. Tommy, talk to me. Well, I got to try to talk you off the ledge. I think there Wait. are a lot of holes in uh, this show. I think we have. You not know, this show, always, not Busted Open. The one Monday that was on last night. Okay, thank you. On the second part of the draft. But, you know, we could also look at some of the positives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hey, listen, man, you know, there are Nickelback fans. Let's let's take Gabby, for example, back before the gram was ex- was created. She was at her prom and she's like, look at this photograph. And she was happy. She found yep. some nice stuff that day at her prom. She's like, oh, my God, look, we're graduating. I'm never going to see you hugs, fake hugs to the people I don't like. That's what we have to kind of try to break down for all our fans here today. And, you know, you know, there was a couple of good things. And there's also, there is some hope. I know you're not a Star Wars fan, but there's always hope. Yeah. A new hope. That was the uh, the one where Han Solo gets frozen. I remember that. So listen, here we go, Tommy. And I understand what you're saying. And listen, I want you to talk me off the ledge today. I want the nation to talk me off the ledge today. Yes, the Alexa Bliss, Bray Wyatt, Fiend segment was phenomenal. There's no doubt about it. But dear God, three hours, Tommy. 
Three hours of, I mean, my God, three hours. Well, Dave, um, I'll tell you what I did. I was watching and then I watched something called dun, 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 Monday Night bum, Football, bum, which bum, was bum. an excellent game. And then I went back and I finished watching. I had to take it in breaks. And yes, I watch Raw differently than I watch SmackDown, just like I have to watch Impact differently. And, you know, my go-to show, yeah, it's usually AEW to watch as a straight-up fan. And then I would say SmackDown, and then I would say NXT, and then I would say Raw. But I still watch and I still try to find some goodness in it besides the wrestling and, hey, where they can go for this. And as you know, because we've told you, it is very, very hard to write three hours of television each and every week for eternity because it doesn't stop. But, yes, you, sh- you do need to have – there is a person, if you're working Hollywood, continuity – Um, where it's, well, this is what we did last week, which you should remember what we did last week, or even the talent should remember. But at times I don't like there's, there's holes and there's gaping holes in storylines. Then there's some things that they do so, so good. And they've developed a long time ago and they show you like a clip of it when you like, and you're like, let's say Hogan Andre back in the day. Do you remember when like they were tagging and Andre just gave a quick little look and you, and then they went back to that a long time ago, even like Savage Hogan turn when Savage got his hand and Hogan first went to Liz and you saw Savage be like, yo, you know, that doesn't happen as much, but like on some storylines, I go full bolt, but other storylines is just like, um, Hey, we're sinking. And then it's like, well, let's shoot the floor to see if it makes us sink less. And then you have more water coming in. It's like, no, wait, that was a bad idea. Get me some towels. (laughs) You know what, Tommy? We're going to need a lot of towels in our boat today. So I'm, I'm asking the nation. Because you're right, Tommy, you, you talk about Hogan and Andre and, and Savage, you know, the Iron Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter, how that started. Sarge is coming to the ring. The Sheik is leaving the ring and they just kind of cross paths and look at each other. And that was the beginnings of what was one of the greatest feuds of the 80s. Like little things, little tiny things that, you know, I mean, a memo to the WWE, us as fans pick up on. Like, I feel sometimes that Raw, and I'm just singling out Raw, not the WWE, but Raw, because I do like NXT and SmackDown, that they feel like we're idiots. They think we're idiots and have zero memory. Like, they think that we are like, that we completely forget what happened. We don't. We remember. We're obs- Wrestling fans are obsessed. We listen yes. to Busted Open. We read the magazines. We're all over the internet. They, they think we're, the, the Raw thinks we're morons. We're not morons. And we remember every little detail. That's what hardcore fans do. They remember, they're obsessive with every single segment of a show. There, there should never be a throwaway because we're going to remember it, Tommy. Dave, that's not what only wrestling, that's what fans do. You know, Ed can tell us things about Rush that nobody knows because he loves Rush. Football fans will tell us things about plays or about stuff. I get reminded of things that I do all the time back when I was, I forget about matches that I have, but wrestling fans don't. And you need to have that, you need to have that constant uh, creative link just to make sense of things because uh, what was that show? Lost. Where at first it had everybody talking about everyone. And then everyone started being like, what? And everyone then got lost. And then at the end, people were just like, eh. And the show got lost. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. So there's creative people 
Well, I shouldn't say creative. What's another word? There's writers that work for the WWE that thought that that, well, yeah, that's, well, that's logical. Yeah, I mean, we got SmackDown champions on Raw and the Raw champions on SmackDown. So why don't we, here, and, and they're, they're, you know, they got their their thumb in their mouth and they're writing this out, you know, for, you know, for, for later on in the night before they go sleepy time bobos when the show is over. And they said, you know what? This is the solution. We'll just have them trade the titles. Just have them trade the titles. Yes. 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 And these people sure. get paid. The people that write this shit, the people that put the pen to paper, these people get paid. These people actually get paid to do what they do. They, they, they go to their banks Every two weeks, and there's more money in their checking account because they actually came up with that. They came up with that, Tommy, and they get paid for it. Maybe someone and they probably said- have 401k and all. They get benefits and dental and all that. Get all that to come up with that shit. Oh, well, I yeah. have all that too. Um, maybe they came up and they kind of like someone was going to the bathroom and they were like, Raw is red. Smackdown blue. That's how that happened, I think. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. That, that's right, Tommy. So Raw is red. Smackdown's blue. The street if you're watching the Monday titles, Night Raw, I so feel I'll bad them to for you. you. Oh. Oh, hey, oh. That's it. That's Raw is red. Smackdown is blue. If you're watching Monday Night Raw, I feel bad for you. There you go. My pyro. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Drop the mic. Bo 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 bo. Hit my music. Gabby actually right. came up with a good one. Gabby, Gabby, what does Raw stand for? Really awful wrestling. Wow. Gabby said that. That didn't come from me. I didn't say that, Tommy. That came from Gabby. I think there's two people who won't be booked on uh, the bump coming up at yeah. any time. Oh, yeah. Bumpity bump bump. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on the pub. Don't be allowed in those ride. virtual yeah. Zoom rooms. Yeah. Be a fan. Raw sucks. Why am I on this? Miss and Morrison. Boo. Oh, God. Tommy, you're amazing. Amazing. Thank you for this. All right, before we go to the nation, let's talk. I'm yes. going to give you something positive. All right, please. Stephanie McMahon walks out, chief brand officer. They show her accolades. She looks great. She's a mom of three. Nice outfit. She looks good. She, she uh, articulates well. She tries to get the best and make you into these decisions that are made. How about that? Right then and there. Stephanie McMahon. A plus. Both shows. Yes. It's a lot of work. It is. No, she is. She's been great. That's my one. That's your your point. Well, let's get into the draft because and there there were some good things from Monday Night Raw. But let's get into the draft because we did see some movement from brand to brand. Now, there are people that haven't been that weren't drafted. Mickey James being one. So she was like a free agent. And then she was, you know, she made movement. Zelina Vega was somebody that was in the pool that wasn't drafted either. Ed Robinson. There were a couple of post-Raw machinations uh, that went down on uh, social media. Free agents that have been signed post-Raw, Billy Kay to SmackDown, Eric of the Viking Raiders to Raw, Tamina to SmackDown, and Zelina Vega to SmackDown. So Zelina Vega, who's... Oh, go ahead. I apologize. I was going to say that 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 still leaves Andrade and Mickey James without a brand. All right. So Andrade and Mickey James have not been drafted. Andrade and Mickey James have not been drafted, but Retribution has. So you wouldn't want a strong up and comer like Andrade or, you know, or somebody like Mickey James, who is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But let me draft the group that their whole reason that this group is together is to destroy the show that they're on. So let's draft them. And not draft a first ballot Hall of Famer and somebody that has the potential to be a main event talent. All right. Well, if we're talking, if we're talking loophole and creativity or to help further a storyline, 
Yes, we all have problems with uh, retribution getting contracts because they're out there to destroy the show. What if retribution was not drafted? Then they would at least have some angst to their characters to say, I was not drafted. I, me, Tommy Dreamer, the first ever draft, I had angst towards the company that I worked for because I was drafted last. I had to found out, find out on the internet where I was traveling, how, what days I was traveling, and I didn't find out till like two days. And normally, you go Monday, Tuesday, you're home Wednesday, you try to be normal Thursday, and then you'd fly out Friday. But if I was on the SmackDown brand, I would have flew out on Saturday. I could have had a day off. I didn't know what was going on. And I literally had to wait till the day before I got my travel to tell me where I was going. I was also drafted ahead of such notable characters as Moppy, um, Terry Runnels, who was the Heat announcer, and Ivory, who was no longer currently wrestling. Those are some of those great. But I feel like I was Tom Brady because I may have been last picked, but I've st- I'm still going. Ha ha. Moppy's, Moppy's been, was murdered. I'm still here. They can't throw me in a wood chipper. So anyway, um, that could be to help further that storyline. And I think that would be one ball dropped, one fumble. Bum, 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 bum. Dun, 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 dun. That's why you change the channel. Sometimes you do. Uh, that could help that further that storyline and make them, because they kind of went away for a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they, listen, there was, there was holes going into it. Hopefully they could just... If you look at WrestleMania, the Monday after, that's kind of the wacky show. And just like, hey, let's just restart. So, Dave, maybe you could just go like just, you know, when you're writing on your paper and your list and you just no, I got to have this number, number four instead of number three. And then you just take your list and you throw it out. So maybe just we wait till next week because we could have some interesting stuff like with, you know, Bray and Alexa Bliss, where they're going, because now we have. Uh, Bray and Drew McIntyre, hopefully. we. I mean, because there's not a strong male-female combo on Raw. So we got to see where they fit in. There's, there's, there's some places where, hey, there, it could be. We have now Braun going to be on Raw. So hopefully uh, they kind of start piecing things together. But that is a major drop of the ball yes. on storylines that if they would have just not done it, not left. Could you imagine if Retribution was the last drafted and they made a big stink about it? If you remember what happened with Heath, Heath got more over when he was kind of forgot about and not drafted and made a big deal about it on social media. If social media was around when I got drafted last, I probably would have been mad as can be and don't know if I would have said something about it, but if I did, people, because I see the tweets about it now, when people are like, wow, really? I didn't know that. So um, that's a major hole. There's, there, and there was a lot of them. Uh, and, but you well, know retribution, what? Uh, I'm sorry, Tommy, before you move on from that, retribution, if they weren't drafted, like you talked about that there would be angst there, but it, you, it would also play in that nobody would want them. Why, why would you want retribution? They're unsafe. You know, I, I, we don't want, we, and they can play off of like, no show wants us because they're scared of us. They're afraid of us, but we're here. We're employees. So we're going someplace. And that could be a whole storyline where they go now that nobody drafted them. Like, that could play into their strengths instead of now playing into their weaknesses because right now I could care less about retribution. They've watered it down so much that the fear factor is completely gone from retribution. And I don't think it can be saved because they actually left it open, Tommy, as far as like they mentioned that it looks like they said this. It looks like Mustafa Ali is the leader. So it leaves it open-ended. Maybe there is another leader. But it doesn't matter when it comes to being drafted because they already explained at the beginning of the show that there is a committee of executives that make that decision. So it's not one man making that decision. So that totally kills off whoever that leader is going to be. It still is illogical and doesn't make sense just based on their explanation of retribution. Well, maybe it was like a Fox executive trying to destroy the USA show. Maybe it was that. 
Ooh, but they, subversion. But, but yeah, but okay. So you're saying that a Fox executive dressed up like a USA executive got in there and was able to make that decision without anybody else having a, it. That makes no logic. You can't find any logic in it at all. Go it ahead. I know. I'm just trying robot. to talk about make yeah. that storyline better by having them undrafted. If everyone would be taught, because a lot of people have said the only the I I knew that Mickey James was undrafted. I understand Mickey James broke her nose. She's having the surgery and or had the surgery. Uh, don't know about her contract. This is the second time she's getting hurt. When you start moving on as an older wrestler and they see that you're getting hurt, maybe they say it's time to maybe put her as an agent or put her as uh, she was doing main event for a little bit, try her out as an announcer, or you, you cut your loss with that talent. That's, you know, Hey, that's sports. Uh, the Andrade thing, who knows, you know, we could talk about, Hey, Charlotte flares, you know, not drafted, but she hasn't been around for a while. The, I would have cut my losses with this retribution angle already and move forward with it. If I'm so hell bent on it, I would have not drafted them, which now gives them angst, which could have been, Hey, they could have been appearing more on any show that they wanted. I'd even have come, have them come to NXT and beat up people in NXT because, Hey, this group is a little wonky. This group is crazy. And they're just trying to destroy this show which could lead to a survivor series thing or something. I don't know. I'm just saying if I'm so they kind of have dropped the ball on this group already, you know, one person's already taken out before the group no longer yeah, exists. Mercedes Martinez, but you know, it looks like there was rumors that she was gone and just going by the picture that they showed during the draft, you didn't have the fifth member. You only had the four and Mercedes Martinez was not pictured. So I think she is now no longer part of retribution. And it's not like speculation, like this is a long-standing group, like if we had the Four Horsemen or if, um, let, let's say what happened with Dak Prescott. Now everyone's talking about, do you think that he'll get re-signed by the Cowboys? But here's a person who had a long-standing stint with the Dallas Cowboys or when Ole Anderson was in the Horsemen. And then they yeah. were just like, hey, guess what? You're out. And he's like, what? Or when they're bringing in Lex Luger and then when they're bringing in uh, – Barry Windham. These are people who had long histories on television with this group. So that, that's kind of how you have to, like you said, wrestling fans are going to remember wrestling fans will probably remember that Mercedes Martinez was in retribution and kicked out more so than the actual retribution, which is sad because you can't like, you can't make those mistakes when you're just uh, dealing with people uh, when they're just coming up, you know, same with uh, Keith Lee. I'm begging and pleading for them to do better creative for Keith Lee, because if not, he's just going to get lost in the mix. Uh, when we're talking about holes, if we're seeing all these great uh, vignettes for Bianca Belair and she could beat everybody and nobody is better than her, blah, 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 blah. And then she loses in the battle Royal to every other woman that's in the battle Royal Right then and there, you just disprove that this talent is better than everybody. It makes no sense. Why, why then? And that's the thing that bothered me, Tommy, as I was watching it. I know we're up against the break, but like, then don't have her in the battle royal. Like, exactly. It, it, that's it. Like, you know what? You're, you're showing all these vignettes that she's the greatest. She's the EST. She's the best. She's the greatest. She's the strongest. She's the smartest. And then I'm watching those vignettes, and then you have a battle royal where she gets eliminated. Like, just don't have her in the Battle Royal. Hey, everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Quality is what I talk about, is the word that I use when I think about each and every 8 p.m. Eastern time on TNT with AEW Dynamite. And we're very lucky. Somebody that obviously is not a big fan of mine, but it's impossible not to be a big fan of his. And that is your new TNT champion, 
Cody, who joins us right now on Busted Open. Cody, how are you this morning? Oh, well, I heard your voice, you big old just money mark, David LaGreca. And uh, I, I was good. I'm, I'm great, though. It's one year of AEW Dynamite plus Tommy. He's one of the only like Rhodes, really. He's official family. He's 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 family. So this is a good chat. We're having. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to be happy about. There's a lot to celebrate because one year of AEW Dynamite and. Man, I, I, again, Cody, I know we we talk about this a lot. You know, I always bring up that first time that you were on this show right after you left the WWE. And it seems like a lifetime ago, but it was only just a few years ago. And listen, I mean, I know people like to say this a lot in the world of pro wrestling, but when it comes to you and AEW, it's definitely the truth. You completely changed the landscape of pro wrestling. I mean, that's that's very high praise in terms of your experience covering the sport and covering this this, you know, form of competition. I I think we're going to continue to change it. I think year one, we we thought maybe we had an identity carved out, but really the identity that's constant is the one that's not constant. It's a product that's evolving. It's a wrestling style that's evolving. It's a robust uh, flavor profile. Um, I want to keep changing it. I, I genuinely do for the betterment of the wrestling fan and for the, the betterment of the locker room. That's just to just change our culture. You know, the elite slogan is, is change the world. And, that's a pretty bold uh, statement, but a year worth of dynamite, some great, great memories. Fortune really has favored the bold, and I'm uh, I'm very fortunate and lucky, and all those things to to be in this spot with this uh, with this organization. You know, Cody, we're sitting here. You lived it. I lived it. Chris Jericho was here last week, and we're talking about. And Vicky Guerrero said it, and, and a lot of the talent keeps saying it. And and today we're talking about the horribleness of what was on Monday, but we really don't want to focus on that. We want to talk about how much it means to have creative freedom. And, you know, for Vicky Guerrero, for Chris Jericho, what, where they say like, you know, what do you want us to say? Vicky said this. And she, we were like, well, just you guys are just be, be what well, you're Vicky Guerrero. Say what yeah. you'd want to say. And for a talent, that means everything. And, you know, I lived it. I know you've lived it. But just like when you say how you're changing and looking forward, the biggest part to me, what resonates with AEW is honesty. Your promos, your promo that you cut for COVID, like that first show, yep. United Wrestling Fans. It was one of the greatest promos I ever heard. And I was like, wow, I was so impressed. And then your last two promos from when you came back to your promo after you won the title. And I was like, this is the most realest stuff I've ever heard on television. And it was just like, well, it's Cody and it's coming from his heart. And that is what is the difference of what we're seeing with AEW. And I feel is the biggest reason why we're so, so successful. I, uh, I really appreciate that. I have, I guess I have a little trouble. They're almost not promos, Tommy. They're right. They're really like, I don't even, I don't want to categorize them as such. I know they are because they fall within the fiction, but authenticity, that's the number one thing. Matt Jackson tells any new recruit or when we feel like we get off the, the crosshair or the target a little bit, that's the number one thing I can sit in a room uh, full of uh, wonderful Warner media executives and marketing folks. And if they ever really just need an answer is okay, well, what's the difference? What's different? authenticity is the is the largest difference um these individuals uh they the circumstances of the show determine who you cheer for and who you boo but so often you're getting so much more real um than we've seen in wrestling over the years and of course somebody like vicky guerrero or somebody like chris jericho i uh, we know the overreaching area we want to get, but so does the talent. Like talent is the great resource for wrestling and, and it would be doing them a disservice to just dismiss their equity and 
their experience. Like Vicky has high level experience. And I, I always am curious who at AEW is talking to her, who's kind of pulling her pant leg and asking her questions. Because if you think about what she did uh, with, with Adam, just with her and edge, like she has the highest level of experience in terms of leading a crowd in terms of, in, in terms of that flow. So to have her backstage and not only up front center, uh, those type of people absolutely need to play their songs like they have in their mind. And they're also the best barometers. Uh, Jericho is, is very self-aware. I'm very self-aware. If it's a dud, uh, we know, and, and we keep each other in check in the, in that fashion. So authenticity is just a huge part of what we do. Something to really be proud of that. It's just coming back and wrestling, all across the board, unilaterally. You know, Cody, we were actually having a conversation off the air, just in terms of radio about, you know, bringing somebody in from the outside because they have a certain talent set. But when you bring them in, you kind of change them to kind of fit your mold. And then you're kind of stifled creatively. One thing from what Tommy was saying with Vicky, with Chris Jericho, they've been very adamant when they've come on this show about how you have given them creative freedom. And I think that's something that's been lacking in pro wrestling is that, you know, hey, we brought you in for a reason. We believe in you. Now we're giving you the freedom to go out and do what you can do best. Well, yeah, TV time, TV time isn't cheap. Um, Tommy can tell you that uh, as far as the economics of wrestling television time uh, in terms of how large of a responsibility that is. So with that in mind, if you're put in the spot, if you're in the golden seg, the opening seg of Dynamite, if you're in anywhere on Dynamite, it's a hard show to get on. We trust that your skill set is there. We trust that when the red light goes on, you're going to glow up and not going to sh- uh, shrink down. And and that's that trust is what begets creative freedom. And there are a few in in the mix that are in developmental type stages and they're the they're we're really good about proactively being with them and trying things out uh and, and a little bit of trial by fire but also providing a lot of structure i think that's something that i offer to the mix uh, maybe that's my specialty in terms of as an executive is I, I like to offer structure to those who don't have any. And then I love seeing it succeed, love seeing it succeed. That's like just as good a feeling as when you get a pop in your own match is to see one when you, you came up with that little thing and no one knows. But that's a special thing. And, and you have to have that structure. And for those who have superseded that structure, to your point, David, you have to allow them to be free. You know, it's also the little things. We'll we'll talk about, for example, your dog collar match. The fact that Greg Valentine was brought in, Greg Va- if it brought one fan to say, whoa, Greg Valentine, there's a generation of wrestlers, wrestlers and wrestling fans that, I mean, it was 1983 or when he had that famous dog collar match. But the fact that he's sitting in the crowd to watch it gives that dog collar match a little bit more credibility and a little bit more validity and that's what makes it special because it's a little thing because like i said there's there's a bunch of new wrestling fans like who's this guy sitting there but then when we're reminded of who he is and from jr who to- and says hey tony shivani saw that match when all those little things it's a wow this is a special match and then guess what the performers cody Brody lee made the match special with their performance and those are the little things that make it so great well, the, the little things, it's it's a hundred percent. It's the details. I I just got off of uh, doing Go Big Show, the, this new talent show coming to TBS. And one of my castmates was Snoop Dogg and Snoop Dogg in one particular take we were doing continued to put his shades on and had his head tilted the exact same way. It felt like 17 times in a row. And he could see me looking at him and he just the wisest of the wise, literally just in the only way he would say it, looked right at me and said, the devil's in the details. And it absolutely, it, it's so important. And Greg, that that's a no brainer. When I mentioned to Tony Khan, they, hey, what, what do you think about Greg Valentine? And that, that's the standard for dog collar that he he was just glowing about it just to see Greg in the crowd. And then for Greg to be so interested, like we didn't give Greg any, uh, 
information really, you know, like for him to be so interested. And that's one of those talks I had afterwards. He came and spoke to me and Brody separately and I'll treasure that conversation forever uh, because he's a legend and he was treated as such. Uh, and I really like that Tony does that. I'm particularly sensitive to it because of Dusty being in my you know life and how he was treated uh, good and bad, great and bad. Um, so when we bring in legends that we want them to just be legends. And also too, Cody, obviously for Tommy and myself watching that match and seeing Greg Valentine in the crowd, you're like, wow, because you, it harkens back to Starcade 83. But what you have been able to do is really grab that younger wrestling fan for the most part over the last 20 years have been completely zoned out when it comes to pro wrestling. That 18 to 39-year-old, you've been able to bring that fan back. How proud of of that are you when it comes to that fan base that's pretty much been gone from pro wrestling? That's the the thing we wanted to to do the most and the that's the vindication and the validation that when people could feel the rumble in the ground like this tremor that was happening uh, 3 4 years ago with independent wrestling and the world that's that's the validation that this was bubbling this was about to happen and there's been some wonderful studies uh by our our company and third parties in terms of families in their homes watching we're high up in terms of our data is way higher than anticipated there. ITV in the UK just sent us a report with stats that are mind-blowing in terms of we're going to plug on the show tomorrow some of the the actual facts about how well AEW is doing in the UK market. And then that 18 to 34, I know I, I once said I'll never talk about demos, but every Thursday I get this wonderful report on, on what people like. I love that they're coming in the young, new, a uh, different, a different outlook. I love the classic wrestling fan. Uh, I love every fan, the laughs fan, the casual fan, the friend who comes along. Uh, and I think when we mentioned the flavor profile, I think it's talent diversity. As far as if you just look at the show tomorrow, you've got a world championship match with a super heavyweight in Lance Archer, uh, a mega star in John Moxley. And then you've got this really kind of like, execution-based match with Sheeta uh, and, and, and Swole for the title. You have an absolute mismatch with Orange Cassidy and myself of Styles, that <laughs> robust labor profile, I think makes everybody at home and makes that younger crowd like, oh, there's somebody they want to plug into. There's a connection to somebody. That's the number one thing I've, I have sought in my career in the last three to four years is I want to reach across the barricade and connect. I don't care if they're booing me or cheering me. I want them to be connected to them because I found that that's the hardest thing. The spots aren't the hardest thing. It's that connection. It's the hardest thing to get. And I feel like I'm just now touching it and I, I never want it to go away. Uh, it never will. And I'll tell you something uh, that Paul Heyman, when I finally pile drove Beulah hit my pose and he hugged me and he, like hugged me like a child. And he was just like, once you're over, you will never not be over unless you let them down. And I know you'll never let them down. Yeah. I, I know what wrestling means to you. And I know what uh, AEW means to you. And, you know, for again, storyline, you get taken out, it take out your family. You came back a new look, a new angst about you and you had a reason to, and then yes, you're, you're now the champion and that angst continues because guess what? It's, and it's just like sports. Hey, we're talking about uh, the Jaguars. The Jaguars, we're going to face, we got to come back from a loss. You know what? We're going to fight this, uh, the next team we're playing. Here, you, you finish this amazing promo. Here comes Orange Cassidy. And yeah, it, it could have been a heel, could have been a, whoever it was, but it's Orange Cassidy and it takes you in a different direction. And you have me hooked and I've been watching this since I'm nine years old and I'm not doing it because I love you. I'm doing it because I'm a fan and I know what it means to you. And as long that your passion will always resonate with you because of where you came from. And that's why to me, AEW is so special. Man, the highest of praise from the innovator of violence. You know, LaGreca, Tommy hired me. He, he, he gave me my first job in wrestling. It's like the sweetest thing ever. So we have not a bond. To, not to cut a baby face promo, but. <laughs> <laughs> we have a bond, Tommy and I. Unlike you and I, LaGreca, we have 
bond. And I, I just, I, every week I see a new thing from you talking to somebody and it's just like your ego. I don't know how it continues to grow at the rate that it continues to grow. It's really, it's really mind blowing because we talk about authenticity and self-awareness and it's like, you're not any of those things. You're not self-aware. You're just, you're, you're on top in your mind. That's a special quality. To, the world doesn't like you, but you like you. That's, that's a, all that's that matters. A, yeah, that, that is a, I actually respect that. It's hard being you and you do it every day, man. Thanks. Day in and day out. Day in and day that out. That was a hell of a promo. Boy, Cody sounds <laughs> just like my wife and my kid. Uh, um, you know, one thing when, you know, we talk about credibility and keeping in touch with your fan base. One thing that I love that AEW has done, obviously seeing Thunder Rosa come and defend that NWA Women's Championship on AEW Dynamite. But also like this past Sunday, seeing John Moxley, who's your world champion at Bloodsport 3 in Indy. Mm. It's, it's, it's amazing to me because you you're not going to see that anywhere else. And I, I, I find it mind-blowing in 2020 that even outside, your world champion could go out and have freedom somewhere else outside of AEW. A lot of credit for that, Cody. Seriously. Absolutely. You can't put a saddle on a Mustang. People need this. They, they, they want to they wanna experience other worlds. And no contract in AEW is a blanket contract. Everybody can go different places. The bridges are down. The doors are open. It makes for a – I know the classic saying in wrestling is perception is reality. But in 2020, 2021, it kind of feels more like reality is reality because we can see so many more wrestlers uh, just via social media and just these different platforms. So you can't just say you're the best anymore. You have to get out there. Uh, I, I was really just I love when John makes a move out there and does something like that. He always represents AEW. Uh, really highly because he always represents himself really highly. So that, that was a, a cool thing. And I, I think, I think you'll see that as long as AEW is around, I can never see the doors closing or the bridges going up. It's just not the type of uh, culture Tony's helped create and not the type of place we work. Cody, uh, you're, you're getting ready to face orange Cassidy. Who's a different, different character, but he is a hell of a wrestler as we've seen. Guys beating Chris Jericho, the guys coming for your title. This is just for Cody. What does Cody want when he represents the champion? As well as what is Cody gonna do tomorrow against Orange Cassidy? Because trust me, I have felt the wrath of those kicks. I haven't been back in an AEW ring since he retired me from the <laughs> AEW ring. He destroyed me. Oh no. I I uh I have lost a little sleep over the the thought prospect of it Orange Cassidy match because it is such a absolutely different set of styles and in my in my preparation for what we're going to do this Wednesday and it being the anniversary episode in one year and you've got to put the absolute best face forward I came across this startling fact that Orange Cassidy in AEW has never done a collar and elbow lockup. He has never tied up. Never. That is so grossly offensive to the to me. And I like Orange Cassidy. I respect the guy who put two losses on Chris Jericho, but that's that is a LaGreca level of low. That's that's <laughs> that's low. Never a collar and elbow. So in in looking at this match, there's all the basic strategy in terms of I'm considerably bigger, I'm taller, I'm going to make him carry my weights, uh, I'm going to keep him away from anything that got dinged up in the dog collar match because I certainly didn't get out of that uh, just just willy-nilly. But he is going to lock up for the first time, and I, I, I'm, I'm forcing the lock up. If anything, that's the number one thing on my mind, leaving with the TNT title. And then I think – the bigger perspective for me, I'm not overlooking Orange Cassidy by any means. I'm not. But you can't not think about what do you, what's next week or even what's further is we're approaching full gear. Uh, and, and for me to be me, I have set out uh, out of all out. I set out of a pay-per-view and that was that eating me alive. 
Uh, so I really am looking at full gears and, and thinking what that will be, uh, but not taking orange lightly. Uh, it's not unlike how I approach the Derby match in terms of somebody, his, his speed and his size, but that son of a bitch is going to lock up. Nice. Well, he should have dead arms when he does it. Like when you sleep on your arms, when you're, you're in bed and then you have the dead arm, he should just do the dead arm. He can't do it. It's the one move he can't do. <laughs> You, you know, Cody, we have a, and I know you listen to the show. Uh, we have a very loyal listener, Izzy. Um, you probably saw her back in the day with NXT. She she went to every single NXT show at Full Sail. She dressed yeah. up like Bailey. I know, Izzy. Izzy, and listening to this show uh, and how much we talk about AEW, she never would watch it. She would strictly solely watch NXT. But listening to us, she said, you know what? Let me give this AEW dynamite, dynamite a try. Now, all of a sudden, she's watching AEW Dynamite Live and DVRing NXT and watching it later. Her favorite wrestler right now is Orange Cassidy. So, you know, again, Orange Cassidy may not be your style, may not be my style, but he definitely taps into a very young audience that is extremely loyal to him. I feel like you went on like three different degrees of separation there just to find a, some a way to insult me. Like, I, I, you want me to get mad at a child, David? I'm Is not asking you, you to get mad at a child. I'm just saying that Orange Cat with his lazy style obviously attracts a certain type of audience. That's all. Yeah you're doing is you're baiting me to say something ne negative about Izzy. And I'm glad she is watching uh, dynamite. I'm glad she's given it a chance and perhaps it's, she's converted to a more of a dynamite fan. There's so many people watching wrestling on Wednesdays, uh, but I'm not going to fall for that bait. It seems like it's a, a trap here. I'm glad she likes orange Cassidy. A lot of he, orange Cassidy does very well. I I'm sure you guys heard. I, we promoted it. Chris was very excited about it. Last week was the very first time that women 18 to 34 topped the males at points in the show. That was wow. a big, big, big get. So, yeah, I'm glad Izzy likes Orange Cassidy. That's a unique style of wrestler to like. I think she's going to get her heart broken from time to time, though, because Orange Cassidy looks like the type of guy who's going to get his ass kicked a lot in wrestling. It doesn't mean he's not going to have his share of wins for sure. But he's he got a little bit of that steamboat factor. It's just somebody you might have to see get beat up a lot. I agree. And if uh, I'm not your Arn Anderson, but I would coerce him to put his hands in his pocket, make him do that nip up crossroads. See you later. His hands are in his pockets. He can't defend it. Easy. Look at that. Look at that. You we think defend it, but that dude. Who and who who decides I'm going to do these things with my hands in my pockets? What a what a wild ride he's been on. Yeah. Uh, do you guys has Orange ever been on Busted Open? No. no, Orange Cassidy has never been on Busted Open. Oh, I feel like I feel like that's worth a deep dive as far as AEW media is concerned because he does speak, uh, and I, I I definitely think I, I'd love to know more of the origin of of why. This is the, the strategy he went with. Certainly, it's been successful. Uh, he's put himself on the map after years and years of wrestling, if people know a little of his history. But, yeah, maybe a, you know, a day that sometimes Bubba and Tommy do the show by themselves, right? Yes. Yeah, maybe a day there's more, like, wrestling personalities on it, you know, in one of those days. You know, I know because I'm friends with him, but I'm going to keep it in the envelope uh, and not reveal that secret ever just because until he does, he has to tell his story. Yes, I love it. Well, you know, Cody, you mentioned Bully and, you know, Bully's a huge Star Wars fan. Our new producer, Ed Robinson, is a big Star Wars fan as well. And they were talking about kind of the, the story with you and Brody. That it reminds them of Order 69. What, what is Order 69? I have no idea what that is. David, you're gonna, I, I have hung up before on the show. And it, and it set you into a tailspin and Mandy from our office had to call me and yell at me, but I will hang up on you again. You know, the right numbers, say the numbers, right. 
Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going by it, what I heard, Cody. I'm not, I don't yeah. know the in-depth so it's, details it's not of order, the franchise. It's not order 69. You just, it's order 66. And oh, I, and, I'm and, sorry. Order 66. Okay. Yeah. Ed Robinson, it found that applicable to what we were doing, Order 66, or was this just another degree of separation for you to try and get some weird dig in and throw poor Ed under the bus? It's his first week, Dave. You can't kill our new producer already with Cody. He's got a lot of stroke. I've even tried. I've tried to use all my influence with Cody. I hired you. Can you? And he's like, no, I can't do it. Tony Khan, the owner said, no, he's not going to ban you. Just stop. Stop already. I, I'm stretching. excited for the Mandalorian coming out. Mandalorian's going to be amazing. Ma um, amazing, amazing, amazing. It's the one thing all Star Wars fans can agree on. That seems to be the safest spot. But this, this, where did we end on this feud, this rivalry with you and me, LaGreca, in terms of did you, where are you at with it? I never watched any of the police school movies. I didn't get into it. Did you, did you watch <laughs> Police school? Academy? Police Academy. Police yeah, Academy. I, 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 yeah. You know, neither. Well, Cody, just to give you a brief rundown, I know like Brandy, she, she did, couldn't be bothered with this. Brandy, as always, she had your back. Dave pleaded his case to your wife on the show. And she, he, she said he had to go out and buy three Bram Bram figures. He went out yeah. and did it. And then she said she would talk to you about it. The poor guy went out in a pandemic to show his love for you and support. It's a big misunderstanding. Went, bought three of your wife's action figures. He had to drive sure. all over Jersey, fighting bears, all this stuff. A lot of bears. And then it came to no, to no avail. Well, I think, I think David, sir, put your money where your mouth is here. If you bought these figures, uh, I'm not going to just fall for this golden age of radio. I want to see the pictures of the figures. I want to see your smiling face with them. And if that's the deal she made, then we can cons we can look into a separate committee on what it would look like for you to potentially come back in we'll terms right of to Bob Geigel. Yeah, we could we could look at that lifting lifting the band, but busted open is always welcome. Well, busted I am busted open. It's like telling Madonna that her backup band can show up at a show. I am busted open, Cody. Yeah, you know what? They're, that's they're very similar. It's like telling Madonna her backup. That's what that's what this is. Thanks, Dave. Now I'm getting insulted. Now Bully <laughs> yeah. Ray's getting insulted. Mark Henry's getting insulted. You got a who's who there, a good family, good AEW connection. If you bought the yep. figures, I'll look into the, I'll look into a separate committee on the whole deal. I don't know the ins and outs of it, and it's going to go up the flagpole, I'm sure. But we can look at it. All right. I appreciate it. I appreciate you at least looking into it because I do want us to have a well, very good working relationship. It's the new year. It's one year of dynamite. It's the yes. anniversary. Honestly, I'm in a giving, I'm in a giving mood. I don't even need to see the picture. Let's just, let's just go ahead and do it now. Let's lift the band. Let's say that David on a contingency basis is welcome back. Don't okay, here's the other thing, Cody. And again, I'm man. not one to That's give you man. advice. Shut up. Just no, be quiet. I just want to give Cody you. a little bit of advice. That's all. Listen, he doesn't you need should, your advice. Let me let me finish. He has a title match coming up. He doesn't need I, your advice. I get that. I'm just gonna say, Cody. Man. Cody, if you want this thing to be successful, you can't let your personal takes on things influence you on your decision making. Just because I, I'm not a big fan of the Star Wars franchise, that you you let your emotions get the best of you. We can at least agree on that, correct? You know what? I, I can't agree on that with you. You know what? You're a smart guy. You're you're so smart that you just pushed your luck to, to just right where it needed to be. The band was lifted. We were going into the second year, and guess what? This is a brand new band, buddy. You are uh, not welcome back for another year. At the anniversary show next year. But you can't be coming. If you got the figures, that's great. Keep getting the figures. Keep being a fan. Keep just doing your little social reports with Izzy and all this bullshit that I've got to deal with you. But the ban is real and it was lifted. You took my kindness. You took my kindness and you mistaked it for weakness. I'm on here trying to talk about the anniversary. I'm on here trying to talk about Orange Cassidy. And you're saying Order 69. You're just, you're just, ah. Oh. 
the low of the low, just, just, just scum money. Mark LaGreca, never going to change, never going to change. And I'm, I'm not mad though. We had a great chat. We talked mm-hmm. about anniversary. Better. You better be watching. Cody. I apologize. I'm sorry. I love you. Good luck tomorrow. Uh, Dave, man, he, he paid you in kindness and you repaid him with scorn, man. That's Congrat- congratulations, Cody. I got on last year. You're just an egg sucking dog. LaGreca. Thank you so much, Tommy, for your time. Ed Robinson. Enjoy, enjoy this new job. You know, if you feel like quitting after today, I would totally understand, but bully and Mark and Tommy are just great souls. And then, you know, every company's got a bad apple. It happens. So enjoy your time, Ed. Dave, it's a man. A few words, Cody. Congratulations. We'll be watching tomorrow night. AEW Dynamite, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You doing, Dave? The hell are you doing? Boy, Cody, you know, you know, you, you know who you are. You're my kid. You're my son. And it's on his birthday. He opens up the present. Oh, cool! Look at this gift. But what does he say? Oh, this is it. And you know what happens? You get the present taken away. You oh the present was given to you. You unwrapped it. You held you it in your hand. him in scorn. I, I, just, I just I just had a little bit of advice. That's all. He doesn't you're need chicken, your advice. Lift the band. Just say please and thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for I did the say time thank gift. you. you I did say thank you. I'm just saying that you, know, you can't let your emotions about a, a movie franchise get in your way of good business. Coming on Busted Open is good and business. And he's in a good, good business. business. You know what? You just retributioned Cody Rhodes. That's what you did. You made no sense and shouldn't have opened your mouth. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.